Oh, good evening, and welcome once again to the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. All the gang are going to be here. We should be talking to Rod Millman at the end of his flat racing season. Jamie Snope will hopefully be still on a roll. And Gavin Sheehan will be hopefully helping him. We shall also talk to Sturmiston Newton based Rashinda Ford. And of course, the usual is Richard Phillips, Colin Brown, and Dave Wilson will be with us on the show. So get your pens and papers ready. Hopefully we'll have a few tips for you and enjoy the show. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. I hope you've had a very good week and looking forward to an even better weekend. So let's see where we can get started. Where else, of course, than Mike Padden with all the racing news. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News with all the news that is the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden and here's this week's first story. Key workers can continue to come racing for free after the Racecourse Association Board unanimously agreed to extend the blue light card scheme into next year. Throughout 2022, the joint initiative between the RCA and Racing Together has given complimentary admission to NHS workers, those employed by the emergency services and social carers. All 59 British racecourses have participated, showing their gratitude for those who helped the country through the pandemic. Over 20,000 people have taken advantage of the scheme, a landmark which will be marked with a celebratory event at Doncaster's Bed Goodwin November Handicap Meeting a week on Saturday. RCA Race Day Experience and Communications Manager Paul Swain said, It has been wonderful to welcome so many key workers to the races. The country and our sport owes a great deal to those individuals for their tireless work to support each of us. The generosity of all racecourses in providing thousands of tickets is a fantastic gesture of thanks. We are grateful for their support and sincerely hope key workers have had some wonderful days out this year as our guests, with more to come in 2023. Racing Together Community Engagement Manager Lucy Gurney added, We are so proud of British Racing's enthusiasm to say thank you to key and emergency workers through blue light tickets. To be celebrating 20,000 free tickets taken up through the scheme in year one is a testament to the generosity of racecourses and the popularity of racing as a day out for fans, both new and returning. We are looking forward to continuing this collaboration for years to come. Blue Light Card Chief Executive Tom Dorby said, As our members continue to go above and beyond to keep our communities healthy, safe and supported, we are pleased to work alongside the Racecourse Association and Racing Together to offer complimentary tickets for our members and their families to enjoy. We are delighted that the partnership will continue into 2023. Outlining plans for the celebratory event on Saturday week, Doncaster's Executive Director Rachel Harwood said, 
We will have 250 special guests in the Clock Tower stand, and it is our way of saying thank you to key workers for all that they have done in the last few years and continue to do. And next, here on the Racing News. Michael Dodds branded the prize money an embarrassment after classy sprinter Dakota Gold landed the £20,000 Class 2 6 furlong handicap. The eight-year-old, a Group 3 winner who has also scored five times in listed company, added just £10,308 to his career earnings of £434,000 by rallying to short-haired Asjad under Connor Beasley in a contest in which half the six-runner field had a BHA rating of 100 or higher. It was Dakota Gold's 15th victory in 55 starts, and Dodds said... It's great for him to be winning, but let's be fair, for a 0 to 105, the prize money is an embarrassment. It's the same with all racing today. In the two-year-old maidens, the winner is getting £2,900. The race course should be embarrassed. That was a £20,000 handicap for a 100-rated horse, and Dakota Gold is a listed horse. The race was run in a downpour in conditions that were already testing, and Dodds added... He loved the ground. He got headed and he fought back. He's still got that enthusiasm for it. He's tremendous. He's not as good as he was. You don't expect him to be. But he can still race to a good level. Although there were only six runners, they were six good horses and he showed a good attitude. Now next, here on the Racing News. When you've just seen your horse land your first Group 1 success at the end of a tooth and nail battle, there must be many conflicting thoughts that go through your head. Do by mile, is that horse for Ahmed al Shaker, And for a man who has made a happy habit of unearthing derby contenders, surely victory in the Group 1 Criterium de Saint-Cloud launched a thousand more dreams of Epsom glory. Only al Shaker is a realist and a dreamer in equal measure, and afterwards he was happy to play openly with a much more pressing set of decisions. My dream is to win the derby, which is why, over the last three years, I've only bought stayers. Horses like Dubai Mile that will get a mile and a quarter and above, said Al Shaker. He will go to derby next year if he is not sold. He's in the Horses in Training sale on Tuesday, and he will also be entered in the Breeders' Cup on Monday. If we get a good offer, I will sell him. A first Group 1 winner as sire for the late Roaring Lion, Dubai Mile became locked in a desperate embrace with a rest throughout the final two furlongs and prevailed by a head. Al Shaker added, This is the first Group 1 winner of my career and among the 20 horses I have. I thought there were some better than him, and he is the cheapest, so you never know. Both Khalifa Sat and New Yarmel have made the frame in the derby at huge prices for Al Shaker, who, in the case of the latter, then sent him to the Goffs London sale on the eve of Royal Ascot. Johnston paid tribute to Daniel Muscott for keeping cool when Mikhail Barcelona struck for home, a full five furlongs out. Johnston said, In his previous runs, he's always led and always found more when challenged. I think everybody felt it was important to get to the stands rail and Daniel said they just suddenly swooped past him. He thought it would have been wrong to panic and get after him and I think it was a fantastic ride. Stepping up from a novice success at Foslas, a rest emerged with plenty of credit. Joint trainer Thady Gonston said, 
He's run a good race. He is a lovely big colt and one for next year. When the ground is this deep, not many of them love it, but he seemed to handle it well enough. And next, here on the Racing News. With the headline, Proud and Regal Strikes for Donatia O'Brien, here's the story. Earlier, it was Gavin Ryan who won the battle for the rail, and that may also have been the winning of the Criterium International, as Proud and Regal came out on top against Espionage in another very tight duel. The proven Group 1 performer in the lineup, having chased home Al Riffa in the national stakes, Proud and Regal provided a first top-level success for Ryan. Ryan said, He's a horse we've always liked, and he showed a real good attitude when in the Tyros stakes, while the last day he bumped into one but still didn't go down without a fight. The one thing we knew about him was that he's tough and he's genuine, and that's what you need here today. Coral cut Proud and Regal to 16-1 to 1 from 25 for both the Kipco 2000 Guineas and the Derby, and his trainer expects to see the best of him over a trip. He's by Galileo, and they improve at three, said Donatio O'Brien. He stays well, and I think he'll even get a mile and a half next year. O'Brien added, Gavin is a huge part of our team, and it's great for him to get his first group one. Donatia's older brother Joseph also got on the score sheet as Tranquil Lady and Dylan Brown McGonagall landed the Group 3 Prix de Fleur. Next, here on the Racing News. Sounds Russian continued his love affair with Kelso and set himself some ambitious targets this winter with an authoritative success in the feature three-mile two-furlong handicap chase. The Ruth Jefferson-trained seven-year-old had won his previous two starts at the track by a combined 38 lengths, but had to dig deep to deny I right by four and a half lengths under Callum Bewley here. Jefferson told Racing TV, He's always been a chaser in the making, and we didn't hang about with him. He learned a lot last year, and getting beaten at air probably taught him more than winning. He looks more like the finished article this year. If he's won at a track, we always try and bring them back as we know they'll handle the track. I can't really find many downsides to him. A step up in class awaits Sounds Russian next, and while he was introduced at 16-1 to for the Coral Gold Cup at Newbury by Paddy Power, a tilt at the Many Clouds Chase at Aintree in December is the likely target according to the trainer. Jefferson added, We're creeping into the territory where we're going to have to start looking at a graded race. I don't think he'll go right-handed, which doesn't leave you with a lot of options. The many clouds looks like the obvious option. Next, here on the Racing News. It takes something out of the ordinary to write Sir Henry Cecil out of the record books, and Aidan O'Brien delivered in spectacular style. He became the most successful trainer in the history of the Vertem Futurity with a masterstroke that turned an intended non-runner into the hot favourite for next year's derby and a big fancy for the 2,000 guineas as well. It's not enough to have a stream of Coomore blue bloods with impeccable middle-distance pedigrees to be a champion trainer. You need the courage to take your chance when heavy rain makes conditions less than ideal and the nous to devise a winning strategy. O'Brien has both of those in spades, which is why progressive toot winner August Rodin, a big market drifter, was given the late go-ahead for the last British Group 1 of the season, which his trainer had won ten times previously.
And it is also why Ryan Moore steered the winner to the stands rail from the start, tracking Wayne Lorden on stablemate Salt Lake City and Frankie Dettori on Epictetus as the field split into two groups wide apart, more reminiscent of the Lincoln here in the spring than the Autumn Group 1 Challenge. Strange affair though it may have looked, Moore judged things perfectly. He came through to head the stand side pack a quarter of a mile from home. Saw off overall leader Holloway Boy as that rival hung markedly across the track to join him and scored by three and a half lengths from the rallying Epictetus. We came here with the intention of taking him out, O'Brien admitted. We discussed it and the lads said if the ground is heavy we won't run. Ryan rode in the first ground and said it was soft. He didn't think it was heavy. We walked the track and we felt it wasn't heavy and we thought it was worth letting him take his chance. Explaining the bold tactical move, he added, The ground was very cut up in the middle and had been raced on over the far side. This was the only bit that wasn't raced on. So we felt at least he was going to be on virgin ground and we hoped he wouldn't be getting stuck in divots. Usually on soft ground the best of it is when it's not open. We felt we weren't going to see him at his best, but the experience was going to do him good. It was brilliant it worked out. It doesn't always work out. He really is a horse to be a little bit excited about next year. The bookmakers were getting more than a little excited about Auguste Rodin, who is now a best price 5-1 to one for the Guineas and 4-1 to one for the Derby. O'Brien said, I'd say he'd have no problem starting off in the Guineas. He has a lot of class. He'll love good ground at Newmarket, and you'd imagine he'll get a mile and a quarter on his ear. Usually if horses are that good and that classy, they don't have a problem getting a mile and a half. He looks to have all the right things. I'm delighted for everyone. Most of the horses we've won this with are homebreds, so that's incredible. I feel privileged to be part of it. John Gosden, joint trainer of Epictetus, was not surprised by the Ballydoyle tactics and said, I thought they might go that way. I was walking the track with Aidan and I told Frankie, be careful. They're going to turn right out of the gate and use the stands rail. Epictetus has run great. He's still an immature horse. He's on the weak side and the ground found him out. But he's a grand horse for next year. We'll start him out at a mile and a quarter in a trial. Something like the Dante. That has been this week's racing news, with all the news that is the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. Join us again next time for more racing news. Thanks for listening. Our thanks to Mike Padden with all the racing news. Our thanks to Mike Padden for his usual rundown of all the racing news. Now, let's see where we can all go racing this weekend. Well, to start with, there are seven races over the jumps at Ayr, with a 1.23 start. Seven races over the jumps at Ascot, with a 1.30 start. Seven races on the flat at Newmarket, with a 1.38 start. Seven races over the jumps at Weatherby, with a 1.50 start. And seven races on the flat at Wolverhampton on your weather with a 5.30 start. And on Sunday, there are eight races over the jumps at Galway with a 12.40 start, seven races over the jumps at Carlisle with a 12.50 start, seven races over the jumps at uh, Wexford in Ireland with a one o'clock start, six races over the jumps at Huntington with a 1.08 start, and a single race 
on the flat in Sharjah in the United Arab Emirates. Now it seems that the ladies are beginning to take over the show because last week we had Gay Kellaway on and this week we've got Rashinda Ford. Now Rashinda is one of the smaller trainers around. She's got about uh, 25 horses I'm thinking, something like that. And she's based down at Sturmit Seduton so we thought it'd be nice to pop down there and have a chat and find out exactly how things were, were going for her um, as, a, as, as I say, a relatively small uh, trainer. So this is what she had to tell us. Rashinda, I want to start with your name. It's a very unusual name. If you've got some sort of Indian background, no. it, sounds, it sounds sort of really Indian to me. Um, all I know is my nan's the, called Rashinda, yeah. and that's where it comes from, and it's, it's really? quite a story that comes back, goes back to where she got it from, which yeah. I won't go into. But, yeah, apparently it's Hebrew. Hebrew, is it? Yeah, but oh, I'm yeah. I'm fully English, so <laughs> yeah, hundred percent Anglo-Saxon. Yeah. yeah, that's fair enough. Look, tell us, you know, how long have you been in racing, and how did you get into it in the first place? Um, so I started in point to point, trained my first point to pointer in two thousand and five. Yeah, um, and we had great success with the first one. She she had a hat trick in the first season. Yeah, and so that's what gave me the bug to carry on. So we bought another one. And that did the same, that won a couple, and then went on from there. And over about the first, I think we did five seasons, I had about 20 winners training point to points, um, which then led me to go and get my permit, um, because I had one in the yard I felt could go and win a race under right. rules. Yeah. So I did that for him, um, and then that's where that's where it all started, really. So I had my permit for a few seasons, and that horse did go and win. He ended up winning three races under rules. He's called Summerby. Mm -hmm. um, and then I took my full license out in, I think it was about 2014. So how old were you then? I mean, we'll go back to the, the point to point. How old were you when you first started doing the point to point? Um, well, I'm 37 now, so I was 20, <laughs> around so, 20, yeah. So quite young 18, then, basically. Yeah, that's, that's what yeah, I was. I was yeah, getting, getting at, yeah. You know, so it's quite an undertaking to, yeah. to suddenly become a, a, a trainer of horses at that age. Yeah, really. well, I just had the one to start with. I was working outside of here. I was yeah. working with hunters, eventers, yeah. um, doing lots of different things. And so that was kind of on the side, and that's where it started, really. So when did you first get your actual, uh, you know, National Hunt licence? Um, 2000, uh, uh, full licence, Yeah. Um, I think it was about 2014. Right, right. Yeah, I had the permit for a good three seasons. Yeah. And then took that out and, um, yeah, and then I've had the old outside horse come in um, and, yeah, this year I'd have the most from outside of our own. So how many how many horses have we got here now? Uh, we've got 12 to ride at this very minute. Right. Um, we've got 15 altogether. Yeah. So we've... We're quite busy at the moment. And how many winners have you had so far? Oh, I should know that answer, shouldn't I? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know we had four winners last year. We yeah. had, um, yeah, had quite, yeah, a few. A few then. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll sidestep that one then. <laughs> um, but you've got some some reasonable people riding the horses as well. I hear on the quiet, um, jockey wise. I mean. Yeah, we're very lucky. Um, with who rides them. Um, Richard McKernan has been riding for us now for a good 10 years. Yeah. So when he's been available, we've been very grateful for him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, various other lads ride them. Gavin Sheer, uh, yeah, I heard Gavin's mentioned. been riding lately. Yeah. Yeah. 
again very lucky he can ride them um, when they're available because obviously we're a small yard yeah um, we don't have a jockey attached to us so we have to wait to hear where they're riding first yeah and then if they're available great if they're not then find someone else so, so let's go back to, to, to the start of the whole story really I mean it, it's quite an undertaking to to you know to take this on um, I know you, your dad helps you a bit but I mean it it's it's a big undertaking to do um, you know, does it does it frighten you? Does it does it worry you at all? I mean, do, do you find it difficult? Yeah, it's yeah, it's not it's not getting any easier. That's for sure. Um, right. I I actually invested in a water treadmill last year to work alongside and complement what we're doing with the training. Yeah. Also to have a little bit of a business outside of what we're doing here, because training horses financially long term, I'm not sure that will be a good thing. Um, so I just. And what about the the gallop you were telling me about? I mean, do you, do you, do you rent that out to people as well? Or? Well, we have a few people come up locally, come and yeah. use it. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's an income. Yeah. Basis is what I'm getting at. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. Um, that's mainly used by ourselves, to be honest. Yeah. My second second income would be from that treadmill. Now that's where I'm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, have you, for example, we're in the midst. We're told of a cost of living crisis and everything. I mean, is it affecting? Is it making like? Yeah. Life difficult. Yeah, it's definitely. It's definitely. I've noticed this season's going to be definitely the hardest. Now I can. I can already feel it. Yeah, prices have already gone up for yeah. various things that we use within the industry. Um, one thing may, um, would be the feed for the horses. Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky. I can get hold of my hay and haylage through my husband, who's a farmer. Right. Um, so that's okay. Um, but the hard feed that's gone up um, massively in the mass. Yeah, it's mm. gone up. Um, £70 a tonne in the last three months, it went up £50 a tonne in July, it went up £50 last January, this January just been. Yeah. So it's on the rise all the time. Yeah, though. it is yeah. at the moment, yeah, and to have to pass that on to the owners, you yeah. you know, it's it's not easy. No, and how many tonnes do you use then? Um, we'd be on a couple of tonne a month. Would you? Yeah, another yeah, so. six weeks. So that's a fair old rise, isn't yeah. it? Every month. But if you're not feeding your horses, you're not going to get the results. No. So that's the biggest outlay you've got to. Yeah. You've got to feed them. And 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 do you find your owners are, are, are you know committed and and help you along? I mean, they don't moan all the time. I mean, no, I'm, I'm very lucky with the ones we've got here. Yeah. Very lucky. What, all... what, <laughs> even the one that sat sat in on the interview. Yeah. <laughs> Bothers me every day. Yeah, I expect he would. Yeah, yeah, I expect he would. Well, he's he's on our show every. Uh, Every week is Mr. Wilson, and um, that's not Harold Wilson, by the way. Um, so uh, yeah, no, we we do know what he's like. But uh, just another thing on the rising costs of what the trainers have is uh, fuel to get to the racetrack. Yeah, it's yeah. If you're going up country, yeah, a few quid added on yeah. to the mileage and everything else. What what tracks do you, as a rule, you know, do you have any sort of favourite tracks shall we say or, um, or or local tracks that you you use a lot i'd love to be able to use the local tracks all the time but it's finding races obviously for each horse yeah quite so Wincanton would be our local track and then we've got exeter which i love that i love going there yeah. um uh, chepstow love going there that's two hours from here lingfield that's three hours we don't really think about the tra the travel if you're traveling up to three four hours anything ab above four hours you might have a think about yeah. um depending on what your what horse you're taking um if you can't find a race closer and what's the furthest you've you've taken them um market raisin right. which was good f nearly five hours yeah. 240 miles yeah. <laughs> 
It's a fair know. old drive, isn't it? It's a long drive when it doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Long, long way home, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, obviously, I'm sure you've got ambitions and, and plans for the future. What, what, what have you got in the, you know, in the back of your mind? How do you see this whole operation going in the next, I don't know, five years, shall we say? Um, to keep progressing, training winners. Um, hopefully, bringing in a couple more client sources. Um, yeah, have a runner at Cheltenham would be my that's my that's my goal to have a horse win up there. That would be my ultimate. Yeah, yeah. Well, I that think would be, you've got to have the ambition to do it. Yeah, haven't you've you? got to have so, the dreams. Otherwise, there's no point in doing it. No, precisely. That's um, right. You know, what would what would you say is the biggest race win you've had to date? Biggest race win. Oh. A naught to a hundred round Plumpton, I think, or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're they're normally the most of our horses are rated between eighty and a hundred, right. um, where they've where they've won. Yeah. Um So we'd be running around anywhere that's got that sort of race. Right. Um, so there's not one particular standout race that you say, well, that was that was the culmination of that's as far as we've got so far, but we want to go further. Um. There, there was one. Um, about three or four years ago, but unfortunately, yeah, he won two races, but then unfortunately we lost him, so we never got to progress any further. Right. And that was the first horse I thought we had a bit of yeah. progression with. Yeah. Um, the rest, I've got a couple in there. That hopefully this season, <laughs> we will see the progression with a couple that haven't won yet, but yeah. um, you've got high hopes for them. Um, Names? Oh, all of them. <laughs> no, I just our listeners could be looking out for them. That's all. Um, so. Yeah, so I'll start with um, Noah's Light. So he's a new horse. He's only had one run for us last year. Um, pulled up. He wasn't quite. He he wasn't quite right last year. Um, we only had him a few months. And if he, if we can if we can get it back right this season because he won a race in Navan. Yeah. Uh, Maiden Hurdle. Um, he's got all the ability. So. Right. We should we should see something yeah. this season. I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, good. Go um, who else have we got? Flamenco de Cursa. He's been placed many times. <laughs> Mr. Wilson's favourite horse. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He just tries too hard. If we can get him to not actually try too hard, yeah. he's the opposite of most of them in the yard. Well, he's um, out, out like a rat out of a drain. Yeah, he, he just he just needs to just calm himself down a bit, and then hopefully he'll finish a bit better because yeah. he's always been knocking on the door. Yeah, but he's just. But yeah. it, isn't that down to the jockey to a large extent anyway? No, not that horse. He's been a really keen going horse. Everyone yeah. that's yeah. ridden him have yeah. done really well. Um, he, yeah, it, it just takes time with some horses, and I think he's settling more now. So hopefully yeah. he'll be in a better mood this season. <laughs> right, well. And then we've got old old ones in there like Don't Be Robin. Um, he's had three wins for us in the time that we've had him. Over every trip, I can't yeah. tell you what he wants because he literally will go anywhere, run anywhere, any headgear, any jockey. He doesn't really care, uh, just how he feels on the day, really. Well, look, Rashinda, thank you very much for talking to us on the show. Um, hopefully, you will go from strength to strength and get loads more winners. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you very much. Well, that was Rashinda Ford from uh, down in Sturmiston Newton, deep in the heart of Dorset, with a very strong 
but small but progressive yard and she's definitely going to be going places so keep an eye out for the name Rashinda Ford. Well now we're going to catch up with our regulars on the show and we're going to start this week with Richard Phil. Well good afternoon Richard. Um, flat season slowly slowly coming to an end um, but still a few races to go. Um, what have you got for us this weekend? Well Newmarket uh, have a meeting on Saturday where there's a nice listed contest actually the Montrose it's a mile listed race for going to be on soft ground. Um, Magical Sunset runs in that, I believe, of Richard Hannon's. One on the heavy ground last time out of Newbury. She's a, quite a decent mare, I think, Magical Sunset, and uh, has won on good to firm ground as well. So that looks uh, an interesting mile um, listed race. But other than that, um, I think most of the proper flat races have gone now, and we're looking really towards the jumps. And on Saturday, we've got the Charlie Hall at uh, Weatherby. We've also got a big handicap three-mile handicap chase at Ascot. Right, OK. So where are you going to start? Weatherby first? Yeah, the Charlie Hill's got Brave Man's Games, the favourite. This is Paul Nichols's horse. He's, he really has loved this horse all the way through, from being a novice hurdler all the way up to being a novice chaser last season, where he's one of the best novice chasers around. He um, He's compared him in the past to sort of other good, great chases he's had, Brave Man's Game. He, he's put him up there as a horse that's got a lovely way of jumping. Uh, he was impressive last year in a few races. Uh, it didn't quite happen for him um, towards the end of the season, but he starts off in a Charlie Hall. Um, surname has started off in this. A few of Paul Nichols' good chase in the past have started off in a Charlie Hall. And Brave Man's Game is the favourite, and he looks a very exciting prospect. Second favourite's Ahoy Senor, another exciting novice from last season. Lucinda Russells, a son of Dylan Thomas. He looked very exciting as well, and he actually won it entry at the back end of the season and he looks like a gold cup horse as well and Eldorado Allen may well go for this race as well from the Tizard camp um, Eldorado Allen was impressive last year at Newbury and uh, he won a big chase there and although he disappointed at entry again it's going to be an exciting race so a good Charlie Hall by the look of it and at Ascot we've got uh, the three mile of the London Gold Cup uh, Major Dundee's the favourite there of Alan King he finished third in the Scottish Grand National uh, at the end of last season. And Major Dundee, in the colours of Trevor Hemmings, uh, the late Trevor Hemmings, uh, he looks like a real decent stain chaser, but it's lots of uh, horses in that race, I would have thought, another chance. But uh, the favourite is Major Dundee. Going back to the the Charlie Hall, I, I went to see uh, Joe Tizard last week, actually, and um, he's he's very sort of bullish about his, his whole operation at the moment. They, they're going well, they getting a few winners in early on he's had to wait obviously because of the going a little bit but we've now presumably had enough rain to sort of uh, soften things up generally do you think uh, do you think Eldorado Rallon's got a good chance in that I would be surprised if he'd be good enough to win that um, <clears throat> but uh, if Brave Man's game and Ahoy Senor's form at their top form I'd be surprised if Eldorado Allen was good enough to take that on but the Tizard camp are in form uh, this time of season you know it's how fit they are uh, I believe Lucinda Russell was quoted saying he's ready to go at Hoysen also. He should be fit enough. And Brave Man's game, certainly Paul Nichols is renowned for getting pretty fit first time up. But Eldorado Allen, uh, he'd have a chance, but I'd be surprised he'd be good enough. Now I'm going to put you on the spot now. Um, give me your five to follow for the for the, for the the jump season, if you can. Well, you certainly... Um, I can't think of five to follow off the top of my head. But um, I think there's a there's some really good horses coming up for the the um, jump season ahead and obviously Constitution Hill is is a, a really good horse of Nicky Anderson's I mean he looks like a star 
But these are going to be short price phase. And John Con, I think, is a horse that's going to go in the Henson camp as well, chasing this year, possibly. So we've got lots of very good horses, but um, it's, it's going to be hard to pick out five to follow as I need a bit more um, notice on that one. Um, okay, Adrian, I'll, but I'll, then, give, I'll give you a week's that, notice will, then, Richard. I'll, I'll come. I'll come up with a, a few to fancy next next week. Okay, but uh, it's an it's an exciting. It's always an exciting time of year, and there's a lot of yard profiles going around in the press at the moment as well. Yeah. Everyone loves reading those. Yeah. Um, I would have thought that. Um, yeah, I would have thought there's a few from Ireland that will be on the list as well. So, mm. um, but. Um, and the Mullins camp, I believe that he's again got a hell of a team of novices for the coming season. So, um, but uh, yeah, hopefully I'll come up with a few next next week. Okay, well that's your homework sorted out then. Um, what about the going generally though? Do you think we've had enough rain sort of across the country now generally? And well, we've certainly had a fair bit down here in the West Country. Yeah, absolutely. There should be enough rain. There's been a Chepstow's and that this week, and the ground has been good to soft, and and it's it's been a nice. Um, a nice covering of, of waters, so it hasn't got too heavy at most of the places. Uh, but it'll have to continue. There's been a hell of a lot of um, there's been a hell of a lot of rain, but it's needed a lot of rain. A lot of these courses, and there's still, you know, Taunton's been abandoned, Wincanton's been abandoned. You know, these places have not been able to water because they rely on the reservoirs from storm water, and it's been such a dry summer they're unable to water. So there's a few tracks there still in trouble, but on the whole, I think we've had enough rain now that we're going to get some decent ground as it were and get some of the decent horses coming out yeah okay all right and well look, I'll, I'll leave you with your homework and um we'll look forward to catching up with you next week if that's all right yeah i'll come up with five for you next week to um to peruse as you say <laughs> okay richard that's brilliant mate thank you very much indeed no problem speak to you Cheers, soon Adrian. thank you thank you richard bye-bye uh, thanks to richard phillipson let's hope there's a few winners there for you well, from Richard Phillips in Gloucestershire, we pop down to Cullumpton in Devon and catch up with, for the last time this season, uh, Rod Milne. Well, good afternoon, Rod. Thanks for joining us on the show. Um, come to the end of the road as far as the flat racing season is concerned in its sort of, you know, proper state. I know we've still got uh, uh, all weather to go, but uh, yeah, on the on the turf, it's sort of more or less finished now. And I was going to ask you. Looking, looking back over the season, what would you say has been your best winner of the season? Um, I would have said um, Cuban Mistress at um, Newbury in the listed race. Yeah. And, and, you know, an outstanding performance, was it? Uh, well, it, um, it was a listed race and it's, it, it was a very competitive race, um, prestigious race, and it's made her worth a lot of money for owners, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's that's basically what you're there for. Um, what about your unluckiest loser? Probably four day, I imagine. She's she's come up against some very good horses all through the season and, and been an unlucky loser, you know? Yeah. And then she got a, then she got a, a, a nasty, nasty uh, sinus infection, which um, stopped her season, really, you know? Yeah. I suppose you've always got a cater for those sort of situations, haven't you? Um, yes, you have, unfortunately. What about your most consistent runner? I thought Safari Dream. He 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 put in three good performances, you know. Yeah, fine. Young horse going forward. He's going forward. Um, he he. Well, probably Tagline was one of the best. Though she only won the one race, she was group placed, and um, she's now gone, been bought by one of the big studs. Yeah. To race again next year, uh, we sold her at sales yesterday. 
so um, she's, she'll continue her career in Newmarket, I expect. Um, what about most consistent? When I say most consistent, I mean, who won the most prize money? Let's put it that way. Um, I think that was um, Wolverhampton. Wolverhampton. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't suppose you know I'll find out how much. One forty-five thousand. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, who would you say is the most promising that you've got in in the stable for for looking, looking forward to next year now? Um, probably all the two-year-olds, all yeah. the earnings. They haven't really run yet, so you don't know what you've got exactly. No, 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 no. Yeah, mm. that, that's what I'm most looking forward to. We look forward to the earnings. You might have the next champion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You just don't know, do you, at this stage? Um, I, I mean, if, if you had to pick one potential star for next year could you could you do that now or is it is that an impossible question no couldn't tell couldn't tell you really no um so so i, look, I haven't got any i haven't got any i haven't any champions in new york yeah yeah so so look at look but at i'm it. always i'm always very realistic yeah no well that's the best way to be i think you know you don't get disappointed too much then do you um but, um, you know, looking at it now, the, the season as a whole, I mean, it's been a good season, clearly. Um, is it one of your best seasons on record? Uh, yes, second best season. And prize money-wise, it's been very good. Yeah. I've, um, I've, well, I've had a very good season all round, really. You know, can't complain at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and obviously looking forward to next season. But are you going to have many on the, on the all-weather during the winter now or not? Uh, no, no, not many until, until the new, till the new year. Right, right, and then then you'll bring a few out there and ready for the. That's get, right. Yes, that's right. Yeah, getting them ready, sort of thing. Okay, Rob. Well, look, thank you ever so much for being with us on the show every week for the for the season. It's been really in, informative, and uh, it's always good to talk to you. So I really appreciate your help, and uh, we will get in touch with you near the start of the next season, if that's okay. Okay, lovely. Yeah, that's fine. Excellent. We'll have a good Christmas anyway. Thank you. We'll, we'll thank speak you. to you then. Thanks, Rod. Thank you. Bye. 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 Well, that was our friend Rod Millman down in Clubton, who's had a tremendous season. And in fact, it was the second best season since he's been training. So, word well on to Rod, and we'll catch up with you again very soon into the new season on the flat. And now, the trainer who's banging form still, it's Jamie Snow. Well, good afternoon, Jamie. Um, it had to stop, I suppose, but it hasn't stopped an awful lot, has it, really? Because you've still got. A fifth, a third, a third, a second, and a fourth. And well, we won't mention the fifteenth out of fifteenth, but but uh, no, I mean it's still you know prize money wise. I think you must be more than delighted, aren't you? Yeah, it's, uh, obviously last week was one of those incredible weeks when everything everything just won. And 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 actually, in fairness, this week has been good. Um, obviously, Gala was only beaten a length in the Grade Two Rising uh, uh, the um, Old Rowan Chase at uh, at Aintree. Um, Soldier Destiny was fifth in that, so that was a a very big race and they both ran, ran well Garlow especially on the back of a long absence so um, that was really promising and as you say um, this week Doc McCoy was, was a, a promising third and a bumper yesterday on his race course debut and, and Mildam was second today in the maiden so no they, they've been running well and um, I don't know what you've got have you got much um, entered up for the weekend let's have a look um, <clears throat> we haven't got a runner tomorrow on Friday we've got one at Weatherby and one at one at um, you talk to um, nothing Saturday, Sunday, might have one at Carlisle. Well, let's talk about the one at Carlisle because that's obviously within our time slot. Um, regard, what chance has he got? 
Yeah, lovely, lovely horse. Um, really big, old-fashioned individual. He won his point-to-point in Ireland. Um, stays well, not 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 a devoid of speed and jumps well. So yeah, we're going up there for a bit of softer ground, and I think he'd have uh, a chance up there for sure. Do you? I mean, has he has he raced much before today or to Sunday? No, no. Um, first run under rules, but he's um, he came from the Irish pointing field. He won a, won an Irish point point. Yeah, so I mean that's a, a pretty good sort of. Uh, CV, as it were, then, because they, they, as you say, they generally do well when they've been in Ireland, don't they? Yeah, he's a he's a he's a lovely big rangy individual. Mm. Oh, well, that's good. Um, do you think that the going generally uh, across the country is is more or less back to what it ought to be now, or is it still a bit iffy here and there? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we were just up at Caitlin today, and um, it, it was only good ground. It was yeah, listen, it was safe ground. It was lovely ground, but. Um, our chap today probably wants it a little bit softer. Um, we could we could do with a bit more rain. It's it's amazing. We had um, a lot of rain in a short space of time, but then it's been pretty dry since. So, and and there's not a huge amount of rain in the forecast going forward. So yeah, we we definitely need some. But I mean, uh, you know, as we said earlier, though, that, you know, the the the, um, the places that you've got this week, um, you know, that's a pretty good follow up to a fantastic week last week. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, long, long may it all continue. Absolutely. Well, Jamie, thank you very much for coming on the show. We will keep an eye on uh, on uh, Sunday at Carlisle, and uh, I might even be tempted give you the kiss of death and back it, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> Good. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for coming on, and we'll speak to you next week, Jamie. Okay. Look forward to it. Thanks, Eddie. Take thanks, care. Mate. All the best. Yeah. All the best. Cheers bye for bye. now. Bye bye. Well, for a trainer to do well, he obviously needs a good jockey. And Jamie's been doing really well with the help of Gavin Sheehan, and here he is. Well, evening, Gavin. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, a busy day for you today, but it looks like quite a successful one. Yeah, uh, last, last one came in good, thank God. Um, had a nice dinner there for Archie Watson. Um, yeah. Good day, I, two seconds before that, and two fourths, so good day, good day. I saw the one on the TV, the the uh, the one at, uh, where was it? Um when you came second, anyway, you you can tell me. Uh, I came second and won a game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, no, look, look, look like you you know just couldn't quite get up on that one. Yeah, no, uh, they, they went a, a ferocious gallop early, um, so I was a bit further back than what we intended. But um, yeah, we had jumped great, um, travelled into it nicely, and you know when it, when they did start coming back to me, I thought I was in with a great chance. So like he missed the second last and. I thought I'd pick him off um, because he was after going to gallop in front and uh, unfortunately couldn't kind of get him and missed the last slightly. But uh, yeah. And, yeah, I think that was a nice nice horse to win her anyway. And um, he came on from the run probably a bit better and a more conventional track and uh, it's off the ground. So plenty more to come from him. Yeah. So, you know, when you're on a horse like that and, you know, you, you, you've obviously got to catch him, how do you? How do you? How do you? Is it just instinct that you think, right? Well, I think now I better go for it because he's getting a little bit too far in front, or what? I mean, do, do you have sort of homework? Do, you, do they tell you, look, this one is he can do the distance, or he's, he's gonna he's gonna struggle? I mean, how does it work? Um, well, I, I, I'd always try and do my homework to see, but um, you know, it, a, a lot of uh, trainers and jockeys um, can tell me a lot about how they're going and what they're doing as well yeah. you know so some trainers have a lot better than others um, and they like they, they you know they get them ready for them kind of different tracks and things um, and you know the jockeys as well but what I do I just try and focus on my horse mainly and I listen to my horse and 
if he tells me I've got a little bit more so I don't have to keep on now, you know, I just listen to him and tell, let him kind of tell me um, how he's going. You know, early, yeah. I, was, I wasn't keen. I wasn't traveling, you know, on the bridle as well as what I thought I would have been. So that told me, basically, they're going too quick. So then I just had to sit um, and let the kind of race unfold and let them kind of come back to me as such. Uh, because the easiest way to get a good horse beast is go too quick, and I didn't want to be kicking on to get 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 my that the position that I, I intended to have before I jumped off. Yeah. Because I would have went too quick, and then you don't get to, to finish the race. Yeah. There's only one winning line, so I just have to sit and suffer and let them kind of come back to me, and then then kind of have a have a go. Which you know, but you had um, I think was it a second, a fourth, uh, a winner. Um, I mean that's not bad though, surely for a day. I mean I don't know how do you how do you deem? I mean obviously I suppose a good day would be five winners or whatever, but I mean you know you, you must think that was a fairly good day, surely, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean I, I um, what two favourites, two out, uh, three, two favourites and three outsiders. Um, you know, so they they, they there was uh, one of the favourites got beat obviously Mildam, um, and I would have loved if he won. Um, you know, and as Arquan won, won the last. But uh, yeah, I, I would have loved to do them one because they were both both yeah. favourite and um, things. The outsiders, you know, they were obviously kind of outsiders for a reason. Um, but ultimately, you know, the the one of them ran well enough, I suppose, um, and the others probably didn't. Well, you better sleep well in your bed tonight, anyway, mate. I reckon after that. Um, looking at Saturday, you got one runner so far. I don't know if you've got more lined up, but Highway One O Two. What chance? I think he's got a good chance. Um, you know, he, he almost won the race the last day. Um, down in Fonswell. he's a he's a free going sort and just likes to get on and do it. And probably he's probably got one way of riding him. Um, but I like them horses, and I'm looking forward to him. Chris Gordon's got his horses in great form. Um, so yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to him. I think Ascot could suit him as well. Yeah. Um, hopefully, get the matter. And um, yeah. Do you ride a lot for Chris forward. Gordon? I've been going in there a bit this year. Um, I wrote, wrote a few from in the past, but not that many. But I've been going in there riding out and trying to do a bit of work down there. Um, yeah. Tom, Tom, Tom Cannon is his main jockey, um, and trying to fill in the gaps then to. Whenever Tom Cannon can ride them, that's what I, yeah. that's what I'm kind of there for. Um, so I hope Tom can ride any of them, but <laughs> he's going to. But uh, Chris Gordon got a, a nice bunch of horses. He's a very good trainer, and uh, you know, he takes his his job very seriously, and uh, he he gets the results. Yeah, well, that's what it's all about at the end of the day, isn't it? But I mean, uh, wh yeah. wh where are you based then, um, Gavin? I'm based in Lambourne. Oh, you're in Lambourne, so yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, do you have to do a lot of travelling, or generally? I mean, I see. Are you going up to Carlisle for Jamie on Sunday? Is it? Yeah, I, I think I'm up in Carlisle on Sunday. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot of people cast me as. Sorry, That's I'm trying to figure out the, the, the way home. Um, yeah, when people ask me what I do for a living, I nearly tell them I'm a driver. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, 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 I do. I about fifty. To sixty thousand miles in my own car, and right. obviously I get lifts then as well. So I, I do plenty of road, um, which is yeah, part of my job. 
But Carl uh, Lambert, Lambert, Lambert's a good enough location, I think, on average. It's probably two and a quarter hours to, to most tracks. Yeah. But Carl Lambert's a bit of a drag, though, isn't it? Yeah, but they're not short if you have a winner. Yeah, oh, no, no, so, absolutely. So it'd be a yeah, good. You, you, yeah. you think of the positives, and hope, hope yeah. it's going to be a short journey. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, I'll tell you a little story. <clears throat> when I worked for Yeovil Town Football Club, we went up to Bolton for a game, and when we were in the Championship, and uh, yeah. we, we, we were drawing. Uh, and looking nailed on for a, a, a point, and then they went up the, the wing, the bloke got to the byline, crossed the ball, having gone over the byline, I hasten to add, and the referee didn't see it, the linesman didn't pick up on it, and uh, the bloke scored, so it cost us the game, basically. Well, you imagine driving back from Bolton, and then we got onto the M6, and guess what happened? We had a bloody puncture. I tell you, so tri ah. trips like that back were, were murder. I tell you what, I don't miss. Yeah. I don't miss that one little bit. So I, um, it, I, it, I envy it, how you cope with. It's a car for, or a bus for disappointment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. But I mean, on the other hand, as you say, when you win, it's a, it's a different kettle of fish altogether. So, you know. Yeah, but, exactly. Look, it's one of those in our game. To be totally honest with you, in our game, we've got to deal with eighty percent of losers, and that's with a twenty percent strike rate, which is a good strike rate. Yeah. But you lose an eighty percent of the time. So, but, um, yeah, yeah, I suppose you got to challenge, challenge that and, and you just um, get, get on with it, I suppose. And you're only, you're only ever as good as your last ride. Yeah, yeah, no, you're that's right. Your last ride is winner. So what time will you get home tonight now, then? I should be back for about half nine, I'd say. Half nine? God, dear. Yeah. It's a long old day, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I, I, I was up this morning at half five. Um, I spoke for a jog this morning, uh, went for a jog this morning, and then I schooled um, four or five horses for Jamie, and then got in the car and went away racing. Well, congratulations, mate. You, you, you know, you're a better man than I am, Gungadin, that's for certain, I'll tell you. But uh, good day today, <clears throat> hopefully a good day tomorrow, and um, yeah, we'll speak to you next week if you're happy with that. Yeah, very Right, that's great. Thanks, Gavin. Have a good day and have a nice restful night. Like All right? Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for coming on, mate. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Cheers, thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, that was top jockey Gavin Sheehan on his way home from Fakenham. Now it's time to catch up with the travel hopping Colin Brown, who's back in Blighty. Oh, evening, Colin. Back on the show again and back on terra firma in good old Blighty. Yeah, back in good old Blighty after uh, having a little cruise around Ibiza and... Uh... And then the Netherlands, and now, yeah, back to work, really. Got to do a little bit of me. Um, a great weekend racing. I'm going to Ascot, actually. Yeah. Um, but there is great racing at Air and Wolverhampton and Weatherby and then um, Newmarket. So we've got plenty on. Um, and I think we'll crack straight into the first winner at Air and the 123. Okay. Okay, he says, what? that then what's that then so this i think will definitely win uh brian hughes rise up to donald mccain it's owned by actors of the late mr trevor hemmings it's well bred it won at sagefield a little while ago a win again today and it's called glory bridge that's my first selection at uh air in the first race the 13 i think i said 23 didn't i yeah 123 well, that's right yeah that's right yeah, yeah, yeah. Laurie Bridge, and I think, and I think um, Donald McCain and uh, Brian Hughes will have a 
quick-fire double when they run a horse called De Dancer, and that is number three in the 158 air. De Dancer, I think that's the one to be on. It looks like a horse that, um, you know, it's in pretty good form. Progressive is the word summer. you're looking for, mate. Progressive, that's what I'm looking for, yeah. um, old sausage. Yeah. Progressive, that's what you want. Anything that's progressive is always good. Right, I'm going to leave air now, and uh, we're going to travel to Newmarket. Good racing at Newmarket, of course, be the end of the um, end of the flat uh, turf season soon. Uh huh. But um, there's plenty, <clears throat> you have uh, plenty of runs at Newmarket, crikey! And this is probably the worst time of the year when you're trying to find horses to, yeah. to win various races, but. In our first race, um, three is a Phillies novice stakes race. I've heard good reports of a nice Kingman filly owned by Judmont uh, called Ludmilla. And it's ridden by Ryan Moore. Ryan gets on a few Judmont horses, of course, when available. And, uh, you know, uh, the Gosden team very, 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 very happy to have him on board. So Ludwilla. I think we win the first race at Newmarket. Um, that's uh, what I'm thinking. Okay. Um, right. Next winner at Newmarket is hopefully um, in the. One second, I can't find the race now. Oh. Oh yeah. No, no. It's in the. Um, it's in the two thirteen, and it's again ridden by. Um, Ryan Moore. It's called In These Shoes. It ran a good race. I haven't won at Redcar. It ran a good race at Newmarket the other day in a decent nurse. You're not being very far a couple of lads. And I would say it's well up to winning again. Okay. So they've got a few novice races there. If you got, they have a few novice races there. They've got a few um, maidens and all that. And then they've sort of Left it till later on at uh, three fifty-eight to put a nice little Phillies race on there, um, and <clears throat> there was an impressive winner there the other day by Shamadel, very well bred, owned by Godolphin and bred by Godolphin, called Dream of Love, and they step it straight up to a listed, and um, Doyle rides it, J uh, James Doyle, and I think it will probably win, and that's in the three fifty-eight horse number four. Dream of Love. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, looking good. Dream of Love. Um, right. I think we're done there at Newmarket because we've got some good racing in Oak Jumps at Weatherby. Yeah. We've also got some good racing at Ascot, and that's where I am the weekend. Ascot. And um, I don't think Mary's ever been to Ascot, you know. You would have thought she would because she's quite posh sometimes. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I'd love to get her dressed up in her, you know, lovely, lovely frocks and hats and everything and take her to Royal Ascot. I think she'd really enjoy that. Maybe she can come next year. Oh. I'll give her a call over the weekend and see a nice invitation, wouldn't that be? Yeah, it would, would. I'm sure she'd love it. Have you ever been to Royal Ascot? No, never been to Ascot, let alone Royal Ascot. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, uh, right, so they don't have Neanderthals <laughs> like me there, don't you worry, mate. <laughs> I 
think you'd be very welcome at Ascot. Uh, um, right, let's get across to the jumping. And um, I thought we were at Ascot. <coughs> that yeah, it's jumping. It's jumping. This is the first jump meeting there. Oh, is it right? Okay. Yeah. Right. Hey, isn't it really? The time goes round. You know, we had our uh, we had the um, racing the other day. The what was it? The uh, Champions the Day. Pico you mean? Yeah. Champions Day, yeah, mm. uh, where you you came out in front, I think. No, um, I didn't. On I didn't. the, uh, I didn't you? Okay. No, it was no. your tipster man, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Anyway, we, we had that day, and now to some pretty good race. Now, Ruth Jefferson um, is the daughter of the great late Malcolm Jefferson, who was a great trainer and some great horses at his time. And she's been a bit unlucky with one or two horses that she's had. And, you know, a few people have taken them all away and doubted her a little bit. But she seems to have found a really, really good ex-Irish pointer-pointer. And she's pointed it towards air in a national flat race. And then she ran it in another third at market race and it's won. Um, it's very well bred by fame and glory. She's bringing it down here today with Callum Bewley in the saddle. It's about five to one. It runs in the first race, the 150 at Ascot, and I think it will probably go in, to be honest. So that's my selection. What's it's it called? Autumn, Autumn Return. What a lovely name, is that? Well, hang on. There's nothing like Autumn Return in, unless I've got the wrong day. No, I haven't. I've got the right day. Ascot. Oh, oh no, Weatherby. We're talking about Weatherby, actually. Weatherby. Well, yeah, you, Sorry, not Ascot. You, you, I mean, if you've got a fast car or something getting you around... I mean, how am I supposed to keep up with you when you're like this? Oh my I'm God! I'm sorry, I'm talking. Yeah, I've been, I've, I've had some mushrooms today. No, I reckon um, you um, have an old oh dear, oh dear. Out, out, out of the field, and I think they might have been a bit magic, but no, they do smell like proper old. Right, so it's autumn horse. return then, yeah? Yeah, it's called autumn return. Yeah, sorry, I am going to ask it. I've been talking about that. I'm taking Mary there. You go there, yeah. and then I went straight off and called it. Um, yeah. Ask her, but it's actually at Weatherby because that's where we decide to go. Isn't it? It's amazing yeah, what a couple of mushrooms would do for you, isn't it? Oh dear, oh dear. Oh, oh dear. amazing. I can have some more tonight. Eh? Yeah, so, Autumn Return, I think, can win there. Right. Um, then we've got a listed hurdle. Real good one as well. What time is um, it? It's the time that matters. It's, it's at 2.25. Well, that's so good and, of you to let us know. The 2.25. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> And a good mate of mine, um, Charlie Dingwall, runs a horse called Nina the Terrier there. It's trained by Alan King, and um, Tom Bellamy takes the ride. I think that will take a little bit of beating. It's, a pit, it's not called got... Nina the, the Whippet, really, is it? Yeah, it's called Nina the Whippet. It'd be a little bit nice, wouldn't it? Hmm. Right, but okay. We've got the bet um, 365 Grade 2 hurdle there, registers the West Yorkshire hurdle, and that is at... Um, three o'clock. Thomas Darby goes, that's from the Ollie Murphy yard. Brendan Powell rides well for your mate down the road, Joe Tizard, uh, pulled up at behind Sam Brown last night. Before that Yeah, he, he likes young. Oscar Elite mate, I'm telling you. He's given me f five oh, to follow, yeah, and Oscar Elite's one of them. Well, I'll tell you what, it was third in the Ultima Chase at um, Cheltenham. It's a hell of a price, about 22 to 1. I don't understand why it's such no. Such a big price, I'll be really honest. Mm. Um, Sporting John's the horse that's got, probably got the best form. 
but he hasn't won since January. Um, he's a horse that I think has got a lot of ability, but probably not the easiest horse to train. But, you know, at the prices, I think Oscar Elite has got a serious chance of going very close. But it did pull up at Aintree. Um, just lost place, pulled up. But on its best form, it's got a right chance. So let's go yeah. Oscar Elite if you, if you like him. Yeah, well, Joe Joe one. likes him. That's the point. Um, he's, you know, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a pretty down-to-earth sort of bloke, Joe. He's, he's sensible and, you know, he, he doesn't say things just sort of to, to impress. Um, no. No, but he, he quite fancies this one, definitely. So, uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, now I give it a big old chance, big old chance. Yeah. And now we got the um, Charlie Hall chase, grade two, 100 grand of the winner, three miles a trip. What wins it? Brave Man's Game is the favourite at six to four. Uh, Ahoy Senor, a uh, horse that I like a lot, as well as Brave Man's Game. And they both both beaten each other like when they've taken each other on. Kempton, Brave Man's Game beat Ahoy Senor by seven and a half lengths. And then uh, Aintree, for some reason, Brave Man's Game, he was just ran a terrible race that day. But I think Brave Man's Game will win today. Well, so I know it's I know it's a, a very hot race, but uh, yeah. I'm go, I'm going to tell you a story, just like Max Go Bygraves used to. I'm going to tell you a story. Yeah. We I'll have got a bloke. We've got a bloke in our cricket club called Tim Frost, yeah. right? Now yeah. Tim yeah. Frost owns a horse called Sam Brown. Sam Brown yeah. is trained by Anthony Honeyball. He's ridden by Aidan Coleman. And he's right in this race. He's uh, number three. And he won a big race last time out. Um, a big race, Aintree. I think it was Aintree. Aintree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, he's a big price, isn't he? He is a big price, but um, uh, I haven't seen um, Tim lately because obviously there's no cricket. But I know he was he was very hopeful that, that he would go on and have a successful season this season as well. So that's all I can say. Yeah, very interesting because... Um, he has got exceptional form. He's about twenty-five to one. Yeah. So yeah, he's yeah, actually well, he's come well, in well, looking well, at the betting. It's it was twenty to one. It's gone sixteen to one, twelve to one, ten to one. And it's gone back out again now to fourteen to one. So, um, and Joe's got another yeah. horse in there. Another uh, of his tips, Eldorado yeah. Allen, which has also got a good, yeah, big chance. So, it's this is a hot oh. race, you know. It's, it's you know. Yeah, it's a hot race. Fifty-six grand prize money. It's going to be. Uh, what well, it's going to be earned, that's for certain, I think. Yeah. Mm. No, no, I think you're absolutely right there. Mm. Anyway, right, move, move on. Moving on, we're going to ask her. So, so, hang on a minute, what did you say was going to win this? Well, I said... <laughs> Weatherby. Yeah. The Charlie Hall. Uh, Brave Bounds game, I did you say? It. Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. yeah okay. He's a good horse. I have written it down, that's all. Brave... Oh, right. Man's... You probably don't know how to spell it, but um, you can look it up again. Yeah, right. Okay, move on. On to Ascot for the 130. Um, is making his chasing debut. And I tell you what, this horse could be a little bit rapid. Let's hope he's good, because he's a very good horse, I think, and um, Goshen makes his debut here. He has got Sam Arrive to be, who loves... Um, these colours are always in the winner's enclosure at Ascot. Um, I don't, and I don't think Samurai has won there, but he, he's a very good horse, I think. Um, 
But I think Goshen's the best horse in the race. I knew you'd chase. back that. I knew it. Ah. You're still yeah, you're still smarting that the thing has cost you a lot of money, aren't you? And you're desperately trying to get your money back, aren't you? Go on. Oh, do you know, one day in the Triumph Hurdle, when there's 15 clear, I had 400 quid on it, four to one, yeah. and I was counting my money and he fell. I know, yeah. mate. I know. Right. I remember it very well. Uh, you were inconsolable. Oh, inconsolable. Incons Available. I mean, you could have put that on the the old postcode lottery as well. I mean, just think the chance you've missed. Yeah. I don't know. I know. Terrible. I know. Terrible. 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 Yeah. Right on to the two hundred five. There, ask at the Bateau London handicap hurdle. Um, there's a horse run today called Broomfield Berg, which is trained by Henderson. Yeah. So last year, I thought I thought this horse would be top class. Well, I thought it was pretty well handicapped off of 130, uh, 130 uh, rating. And he was second lively citizen, beating half length. And he looked to me like he didn't sort of go through with it. But he won at Kempton next time at odds odds on. And then he ran pretty well most of the season. Uh, was third to Napa's Hill the other day. I think he could just go and win today. So that's in the 205. And that is Broom. A horse called Broomfield Berg. Right, yo. Ah, uh, right. What wins? What wins the? Uh, what wins the two forty? There's a horse called Diego de Charmil. It was second to Slate House at Kempton in May, and uh, do you know, old Freddie, what's his name, takes the ride. Freddie Gingell, because he claims ten pound off it. And he is Paul Nichols' claiming rider. He's Joe Tizard's nephew. And, Colin Tizard's um, grandchild. Grandson. Yeah, and I tell you what, it's a hell of a price, you know. It's a yeah. hell of a price. Well, well, you know, he won easy on, um, when was it, Monday, yeah. Tuesday? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Monday. yeah, got a chance. Got a chance, no doubt about it. Um, right. Regal Encore. Oh, uh, he's good. a great horse. Yeah. And he, he won this race last year off of 145. He runs in it off of 136, so he's nine pounds lower. But he is about 25 years old. But I tell you what, each way charts at 20 to 1. He's a horse that just loves here, loves this um, track. And I think he'll run a big race. So I'm going to go for Regal Encore in the... 3.15. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really fancy anything in the next race. Uh, the last race uh, is a, con a, a conditional jockey's race. Then the very last race is a flat bumper. race. Yeah. Flat race, yeah. So for horses that have never won. But I tell you what, old um, uh, Jamie Moore rides horse for his dad here that won in January 22 at Huntingdon. Um, Chris Stedman owns it. He doesn't have crappy horses, Chris Stedman. And I think it'll go very close. It's called Odin's Quest. And it's skated up uh, there. And, yeah, I think it'll take a beating. So Odin's Quest in our final race. And that is at 5.03. Okay. Excellent stuff. Well, you've it's overdone it. This week you've done, you've done 5, uh, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12... Two, five, ten, fourteen this week. 
team base. Yeah, I'm very confident this week. Yeah. And uh, Mary will be pleased with me because I'm rushing home from Ascot, going to a wine and cheese quiz in the village to raise money for some charity. It, you know, it's like through the WI or something. Mm. And um, yes, I'm in the quiz. So I, I might just be texting you under the table. So yeah. keep your phone on just in case I need a couple of answers. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Bit of cheating. I'll be here. Don't you worry. <laughs> good boy. No, I wouldn't cheat. Never. Anyhow, be good fun. Anyhow, listeners, have a lovely weekend. And I think we're going to get stuck into the National Art Racing now. But um, there's some quite good bets on Saturday. And at my 15, I expect to have 10 winners. Okay. Well, let's hope you're right then, mate. Let's hope you're right. And now, last but by no means least, it's time to catch up with Dave Wilson from Harlequin Race. We're up at Utoxeter Racecourse today, so uh, we're coming live from the middle of the track at the moment. We're literally just parked up there. So uh, we're uh, going to fly from here today. Um, right. We've got 440 for the lucky 15. Again, last week we had non-runners and uh, issues and everything else, so we've still only got 69 pence in the kitty profit at the moment, but... We're showing profit, which is the main thing. So it's just hopefully build it up over the next couple of weeks without getting bloody non-runners everywhere. So uh, <laughs> we shall see. But we've got two for you at Ascot and two for you at Weatherby for the weekend, all in the Class 1 races. So we're going to start off with the two at Ascot, and the first one's in the 240 race there, and it's Ferrero Bambo, uh, written by Charlie Deutsch, and, gonna, and it's trained by Venetia Williams. Uh, it was very well back to win this race last year and ended up coming fourth against the reopposing Amula Gold. But what we did like was over the rest of the season, the uh, former Ferrero Bamboo showed. He uh, he was second in a big handicap race. He was third in the Grand Annual at Cheltenham and he won one of the races, uh, the Lingfield Millions meeting, which was very soft going there. So... Uh, we're having a look at him. We don't know the form of the Venetia Williams stable at the moment. It's, this is her first run of this season. So, obviously, we're about three or four weeks into the season. And she's not had any runners since June, which is only a couple of uh, summer jumpers, as they call them. So, we don't know how the yard is or what form the yard's in. So, we'll keep a close eye on that for future weeks ahead. So, uh, Ferrero Bambo in the 240 at Ascot. Okay. Moving down to the 315 race, uh, our perpetual first time upper of the year, Good Boy Bobby, uh, going to be ridden by our good friend Dale Jacob and trained by Nigel Twiston Davis. Now, this fella has got stats of winning after breaks and on seasonal reappearances in 2018, 2019, 2020, and 2021. So, when he comes out for his first run of the year, I think he's only ever been beaten once. So the stats are there. He's priced up at around about 16 to 1. Last year, he won a big listed event up at Weatherby on his uh, seasonal reappearance, and we backed him then, as we have done previous years, because obviously we, we know his stats for it. So he's not in as high a grade as what he won last year. Obviously, he's a year older, but we think he's going to be well capable of winning a Class 1 handicap at Ascot. So uh, the 315, our second selection, good boy Bobby, priced up at 16 to 1. Rightio. We're going over to Weatherby, and we've got a Joe Tizard one to start the day off with there in the three o'clock, Oscar Elite, uh, going to be ridden by stable jockey Brendan Powell, trained by Joe Tizard. Uh, his dual-placed Cheltenham Festival uh, horse, he's been second and third at the festival in 2020 and 2021. 
uh, he's obviously got very good form. Last time he had a seasonal reappearance, he came out in Cheltenham last year, and he was going to cruise past uh, three under through five of Paul Nichols, which is in the race again. But unfortunately, he tipped Brendan off at the second last or the third last. But in that race, three under five had come under pressure, and Oscar Elite was cruising. Now, obviously, he's going to be a big price in this race. He's 22 to one, I think, with Labrooks at the moment. So uh, he's going to be our third selection in our Each Way Lucky 15 this week. So that's Oscar Elite in three o'clock at Weatherby. Okay. Moving down to the last one of our Lucky 15 in the big, big race of the weekend, the Charlie Hall, Weatherby 335. Now, this is going to be a rematch between Ahoy Senor and Brave Man's Games again. Now, we're going to definitely 100% side up with Ahoy Senor. Now, in my view, he raised his game every time he raced last year, whereas Brave Man's Games seemed to get to a level when he plateaued, and then he didn't perform at the end of the season either. Now, Ahoy Senor and Brave Man's Games have clashed three times, and the score's 2-1 to Ahoy Senor. He's beaten Brave Man's Games very easily over hurdles at Aintree at the Aintree Festival one year. And then last year, he came out and he destroyed everything in the Mild Maid Chase set, which included Brave Man's Games, who pulled up in that race. But Brave Man's Games did give Ahoy Senor a very good beating in the Kato Star at, on Boxing Bay uh, Campton last year. So the score, as I say, is 2-1, but we're definitely going to side up with Ahoy Senor. And I think the track, uh, whether be where Ahoy Senor has won previously, is going to be in his favour. So we'll take him as our fourth leg of our lucky 15. So that's what we've got for this week, mate. So uh, okay. we'll go with that. Right. Well, thank you very much, Dave. Let's hope you have a bit more success with no non-runners and what have you this weekend. And uh, hopefully, going must be quite nice, I should think, with the weather today. Well, I was uh, well, I was at Chepstow earlier in the week. It was uh, good to soft there. I went to Worcester the day after that. It was soft there. And so I'm up at Utoxeter at the moment doing this. And uh, I think we've got predicted good to soft here at the moment. But we've got bright sunshine and blue skies. So I can't see it changing very much. And uh, I think we've got good to soft predicted at Ascot. And uh, it may be soft at Weatherby for Saturday. So uh, very, very good going for the national hunt season at the moment. It's going very well, which is obviously why the fields have increased in size because trainers are more happy to run their horses on the softer going. Yeah, absolutely. All right then, Dave. Well, you have a good day that you talked to today. And we will take note of your runners tomorrow and see what happens. Thanks very much for your time. Lovely. Cheers, mate. Speak to you next week. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that was Dave Wilson up at uh, Utoxter. Let's hope his lucky 15 actually comes off this week. He's been trying hard enough, but keeps getting non-runners. Disappointing. But anyway, I'm sure it'll come good, and we'll hang on for that. But it brings to an end another week's show. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope we got a few winners for you. And we'll be back again next week, same time, same station. So until then, this is A.D. Hopper saying bye for now. Thank you.